Not many people can say they've been able to risk everything they have to pursue their passion and turn that very passion into their life, but this guest has. He was a master mechanic at Honda for more than 20 years before turning into a full-time photographer and content creator. While he was at Honda working on cars, his life started to change. He went from loving his work he was doing to not wanting to step foot in the shop. So he made a change. He committed to picking up a camera and talking about his life in an effort to make something for himself. While he was still working at Honda, in any waking moment, he would pick up that camera, walk around Milwaukee, and talk about his life. It took years for him to find his groove in the content world, but consistency pays off. In 2017, he quit his job at Honda and picked up the camera for Cos headphones the same year. To fit his whole story into this intro, I would need days to do it, but he has one of the most inspiring and eye-opening stories I've ever heard. And on this episode, we're going to dive into what he wishes he knew when first starting out. Welcome to the show, Martin Moore. Thank you. Boy, that was a, quite the synopsis. <laughs> well uh, done. How's it going, Martin? Good. Very good. 2020 uh, has been kind of a crazy year, but I'm hanging in there. Very fortunate that I have a job and I'm healthy uh, and everyone I know is healthy. So can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. This is, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, 2020 is off to a, a crazy start. We're already pretty much halfway through. Um, just trying Which is to- just like... Yep. Like it's going to be August in two two days. days. Yeah. Which, which is wild. So this is round two. You were on the starting blank podcast. Um, you were one of our first guests back last December, maybe November, something like that, which seems like eons ago. If I can be honest with everything that's been going on in 2020. I mean, that seems like another lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. So this, uh, this episode will be a a little different and this is going to be centered around advice you wish you knew when you were first starting out. So, uh, without further ado, we will jump like straight into it. What is like that one like main thing that would have saved you so much time, so much stress, so much effort that you wish you knew when you were first starting out? I think it's, and you hear a lot of people say this, uh, so it might be cliche, but it's so true, but I wish I had learned to not care what other people thought about me, uh, where I was coming from, my current situation, where I wanted to go, and the content I was creating. I was, I was so caught up in trying to just make sure that like, I was cool enough and, and I was creating interesting enough content uh, and hiding all the little idiosyncrasies and things that made me me um, and just kind of trying do the things that seem like worked for YouTube and uh, work for photographers. And once I finally embraced just what I wanted to create, who I was, how I talked, what I believed, once I kind of just forgot about the comments and the trolls and everybody that was giving me shit, uh, it was just like a game changer. Um, and I think that's probably the one thing I would, I would tell myself um, when I was first starting out, especially with YouTube, is just don't give a shit what what other people think do you be you uh and i would have probably i would like to think gotten to where i am today maybe a little bit faster uh, otherwise yeah and especially yeah especially in the content space that's one of the most common i think uh things people run into because it's so fascinating it's so hard to really put yourself out there and not have a fake online persona yeah to really balance like who you are and how do you authentically tell that 
um, to the world. And it's, it's scary. It's weird. It's, it's awkward putting that out there. So when oh, you, for sure. when, yeah, when you were kind of like going through that, that phase of like, okay, I'm just doing stuff for YouTube. I'm, I'm just filming videos that maybe the algorithm pushes or something and not yes. really like telling your story and who you are and leaning into what makes you unique. Was there any like clicking point that you made that, sh that shift of like, okay, I'm Martin Moore. I'm going to just show up every day as who I am. And I'm just not going to give a shit about what anyone thinks. Was there any like turning point in your, I guess, content career um, that you can like pinpoint to that? shift yeah it was probably i don't know maybe like three years in or two years in starting my youtube channel um because i started my youtube channel in 2015 like the spring of 2015 um and i i remember i think it was like 2000 maybe the fall of 2016 um where on milwaukee he discovered uh like a video that i had made um, about Milwaukee and they brought me on to create videos uh, for them and I realized that like they wanted me because of like my personality and the things that they saw um, when I was starting to become vulnerable on YouTube and not trying to just like put on this persona and um, that was kind of really like the catalyst for me opening up uh, and just being Martin Moore um, and I realized that, that they wanted to bring my face my voice my story my experience in Milwaukee um, that was uniquely mine to their platform because they thought Martin Moore um, was, uh, I don't know, an entertaining, valuable voice for the city. And that's when I really kind of realized that, um, I don't know, I, I, I maybe had something because if they're going to put me as like their kind of spokesperson for all these videos, uh, it's got to mean something. And so that was kind of really the beginning. Uh, and then I made maybe like 10 or 15 videos for them. And then in the beginning of 2017 is really when I started talking about how much I, I hated working on cars. And because for the most part, I hid my career working on cars. Nobody knew that I was a car mechanic because I would go downtown, film the vlog, you know, with my phone or my camera, um, go to Honda, throw on my dirty mechanic suit, work on cars on my lunch break, go back into my street clothes, film the vlog. And I would bounce back and forth between these two lives. And it just got exhausting. And so I finally talked about my struggles trying to be a photographer and doing video full time. And then that's cost notice. Um, in I think like maybe the beginning of 2017 uh, and then I started making some commercials for them and then obviously ended up getting the job for them in May but I would say to answer the question it was really when I'm Milwaukee kind of discovered me that's really when I, I felt like who I am how I talk uh, what it is I, I do and I want to create uh, was I don't know much more authentic than when I first started the blog yeah, I love that. And let's, let's take it back to those days when you were still working on cars at, at Honda, but then you also are just grinding these vlogs out Ugh. pretty much daily. And you, yeah, every day. Yeah. Again, you're, you're living essentially these two lives. So walk me through that process of like, yo, what was a day in the life of Martin Moore, car mechanic and a vlogger at the same time? And um, yeah, just talk to me about that process. It was a lot. Uh, I could never do it again. I don't think. But when, when there's a, something that you want to do for a living or there's a, some kind of dream you have, um, for the people that really want it and, and for the people where that dream or that goal really defines who, who they want to be or who they're going to be, it, it isn't work so much. You know, it's exhausting uh, and it sucks the life out of you, but you enjoy doing it. And that's why 
there's people um, that are successful in life. That's why there's Gary V's and Jay Z's out there because the the hustle and the grind um, they enjoy that. They enjoy the doing, and they're not really they're not really just a slot machine pulling the lever over and over trying to win the jackpot. They enjoy pulling the lever. Uh, and so for me, waking up at 5 a.m., uh, being downtown at six in the morning recording the vlog, then getting to work by seven, uh, changing oil, rebuilding engines, skipping my lunch break at noon, filming the middle of vlog downtown, going back to work, uh, leaving work at six, going back downtown, filming the end of the vlog, going home, editing till two in the morning, uploading, and then doing the same thing again the next day, waking up at 5 a.m., pimping on social media, uh, doing that during vacations on holidays. It, it was exhausting, but it was fulfilling and I enjoyed doing it. Um, at the time I had a lot of stories to tell, things weren't redundant. Um, and I just enjoyed doing it and it sucked. It was, it was tough, it was hard on me, it was hard on my marriage, um, but it ultimately got me to where I am today. Uh, but it's uh, anytime you do something like that that you're passionate about, it's exhausting because you're putting everything <laughs> into it, but at the same time it's fulfilling and rewarding and uh, that circle um, is, is a very kind of easy road to, to drive on for people that, I don't know, are, are doing something they love versus doing something they, they think they might love, you know, or, or want to be like someone else. How didn't you give up? How, like, what? Yeah. Oh, like, I almost how, gave up a lot of there, there's, a, there's a lot of vlogs where it's titled my last vlog. <laughs> because you, you do, you get to a certain point where like you see other people succeeding and particularly when you see people that are doing the exact same thing as you, whether they have a podcast or a business or they're a YouTuber or they're a hip hop artist or I don't know, they're a ventriloquist and you see people putting in the same effort as you and, and being rewarded and getting interviews and spots on TV and you know, their, their channels are growing and their, their fan base is growing and you're just sitting here stagnant. You start to wonder why am I doing this? Am I really not any good? Do people even give a shit? Uh, and it can really eat away at you. And so you really have to do things for you first and not for the clout, not for the subscribers, you know, not for the followers, because you, you never know um, who's going to come across you and when they're going to come across you. Cost found me or no, on Milwaukee, no cost found me on a YouTube video that had 54 views on it. So there's all these people that are, are chasing hundred thousand million views on their videos. And you have no clue if, that brand or that person is going to find you on view number one or view number one million and one. And so you really got to do this stuff for you uh, and not try and worry so much about, you know, what someone else is doing and you know, why you're not where you think you should be. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, that all of that just uh, is kind of just like centered around being yourself and like doing shit for you and like not yeah. really like leaning into what makes you unique and stop doing stuff for, for other people. Um, exactly. Really, really thinking back, like what's that like second, second little like tidbit lesson learned advice you wish you knew uh, when first starting um, outside of embrace, embrace your uniqueness? Uh, it's okay to be, uh, to be nobody. It's okay to not film everything. The, you know, and I may be talking, it's very easy to, to look back and, and, and be like, ah, I do something different because I've caught my care right now. I do what I love for a living. I get paid very well to do what I love. Um, you know, I, last year I was nominated for Mil, whatever it was, Milwaukee of the year and all this crap. But at the same time, you know, as I get older, and one thing that kind of this whole quarantine has taught me 
um, as I'm not doing podcasts and I'm not doing speaking engagements and I'm not out there, you know, living my life being Martin Moore. It's been nice to just kind of step back and just realize that there's more to life than just being fucking popular on the internet. You know, like it's been awesome hanging out with my wife, going on picnics, taking walks, just not being on all the time, you know, going to all those networking events, you know, it's a bunch of, you know, the, the estrogen and testosterone is really high when you're at these networking events, everyone's trying to impress each other. And, and, and when you're on podcasts, you're just on all the time. And it's been nice during quarantine to just slow down and just realize that, you know, when I go to my grave, what am I really going to give a shit about that? You know, I, I was popular on YouTube or, you know, I was really cool in Milwaukee or shot dope photos or I, I was in the moment and lived my life. And, you know, and I think there's a nice ebb and flow to that. There's a mix where you can have both. Um, but what, another thing I would have told myself is to, it's okay on vacation, Martin, to, to not make a vlog that day, to just relax and chill. And, um, but when you're in the thick of things, you know, uh, and you got the, the gun in your hand, it, it's tough. <laughs> No, I, I resonate with that so much because you, you know, like we, we go to a lot of the same events and like, yeah. um, usually during the heart of summer, there's events every weekend, three, right? four times per week. And like everyone's there and it's like, you're, you're constantly keeping up with this almost like hamster wheel of it's, events it's and, right? <laughs> exactly. and, it's and content and everything you just mentioned. And like, I think this time has opened a lot of people's eyes up to right who are they like like really digging deep into an introspective way of like okay i'm alone by myself how do i feel about myself when i'm by myself that's the question i think a lot of people should be asking and are starting to ask themselves and that just leads down the rabbit hole of just self-development and um just getting to know yourself better and like you said if we don't constantly need to be at 12 events a week and filming eight podcasts and seven vlogs and like this whole again hamster wheel of content what is what's left and like what's left is that's like the meat of your life the relationships you have around you the relationship with yourself so i think this is just a great time to uh take those times go on go on picnics go on walks and really enjoy life and like be in the present moment um what are what are some things you've you've enjoyed outside of outside of what you just mentioned about this time? Because we're 2020 is weird. We're in a weird space. We're doing this over. <laughs> Boy, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with that being said, there's never really a great time for a global pandemic. But I think no. I think we needed this um, in a sense just yes. to just to wake people's eyes up, like wake people's minds up to. We were going reality. too fast. We were yeah. going way too fast. People, people the last three, four years um, have just been losing their minds on social media in real life. I mean, we've seen the explosions of, of Karen videos and we see the fighting on social media uh, and everybody on, online is trying to show the world and convince the world how much smarter they are than everybody else. Uh, and people are just so jacked up that you're right. I, I think we needed this to to take a step back and kind of self-reflect uh, and see how we can self-actualize a little bit more um, and figure out how to empathize with people and sympathize with people and, and, and realize that you're not the only person on planet earth. You know, everybody's got problems. Everybody's got struggles. Um, and I, I think we did, we did need this. We didn't need the deaths, um, you know, in the, uh, the businesses that have closed and the people that lost their jobs. Um, we didn't need that. 
but I think that the whole quarantine thing, I think has been, has been good because again, we've just been going way too fast for way too long, you know, and we opened up, you know, we were shaking that bottle, shaking that soda can and we popped the lid off and it just sprayed, sprayed everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. What's, what's kind of like one, <clears throat> one question you wish more people asked themselves or kind of the, people closest around them during this time that they ask one question that they ask themselves. I know that's uh, a pretty vague question because there's a lot of different directions you can take it, but like, uh, has there any been anything that yeah, yeah. has really helped you during, during this time? You, the question them? is what's, what's really important to me, you know? And I've really realized that my relationships, my friendships, um, my relationships with my wife and my family in the end, that that's, really the most important thing and, and anything else, no matter how successful you are, how rich you are or, or whatever is just icing on the cake, but really asking myself, what's, what's really truly important for me. And it's, it's my friends, my family, um, you know, the, the people that I'm Friday night doing zooms with who would give me time and, you know, and, and want to hang out with me in such a stupid, <laughs> weird way to communicate with people and, and get drunk. Uh, yeah. What's, what's really, what's really, really, really important. I think once you, you figured that out, it is okay to, to dive head first into kind of the craziness of the, of the hustle and the grind and all that stuff. So long as your feet are planted to the ground on, on what is really important to you in your life. And you kind of don't, you don't forget about that. And you wake up every morning going, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful that I'm healthy. Um, all right, now let's go get it. You know, um, I think that's what I would a question I would I ask myself and I think a lot of people have and if they haven't should ask themselves. Do you have any do you have any like like quarantine routines that have really helped you through this time? Oh yeah. Uh I go for well I don't so much anymore cuz I'm back in the office but when it first started um I didn't two things I didn't want to go crazy uh and I didn't want to get fat. <laughs> and so I've been fortunate that I've lost like 12 pounds during all this, but I would go on walks every single morning. Um, and it gave me the chance to, because we only live uh, five minutes from the city, but we live in like this little subdivision. So like, I like the loud noises of a city, the people walking, the talking, the cars honking, like a city that's alive. Like for me, that completes me. And I don't get that here in my little subdivision that I'm in. So I would take these walks to Silver Spring, which is like kind of a close main road by us where we live. Um, and I could see bridges and see city buses and cars going by and get a little bit of noise. And it gave me some time to think, um, some time to just see that the world still exists. Uh, and then there's this Porsche dealership that had this yellow Lamborghini Gallardo that I would go, <laughs> go uh, check out every single day and try and figure out how I could buy. Uh, but that was like the one routine that I did every day. Uh, and I did these Instagram stories for a long time called hashtag Martin Walks. <laughs> uh, and I'd take people on my walks. Um, and just kind of like talk about, uh, I think I did like 36 or 38 days in a row, like these quarantine Martin walks blogs and it helped me be creative because that's one been one of the biggest things as you probably know is something like this when you're not out shooting and you can't have people in the studio doing podcasts, you go crazy cause you want to, us creators want to create. And so making those stupid Instagram stories, uh, <laughs> kind of helped fill that little void. Yeah, I, I feel that totally. It's, it's <laughs> right? a weird time to create. That's why we're doing it on Zoom. But again, I think it's, 
it's good because a lot of people just have saved so much time and effort and money and everything during this money. time. Oh, yeah. Especially creators. Like, hey, you don't need to get on a plane to film something in person. There, right. Obviously, there's cases where that is better. But it's like yeah. so with meetings and everything, I, I, I can imagine you are so thankful that you can do just Zoom instead of driving everywhere as far as like meetings going and everything. Right. So, I mean, it's nice, it's convenient, but there is something to be said for kind of that in-person interaction, 100%. but it is, there is some meetings where it's like, you'll go drive 20, 30 minutes for a 20 minute meeting or a 15 minute meeting. It's like, boy, that was a waste of time. Yeah. Then drive 20 <laughs> minutes back, 40 minutes of right? driving for 15 minutes of talking. Um, yeah, I, I feel that. So, so going into uh, more, more Martin, more advice to younger Martin Moore. Um, what else, what else you got? We have really just embrace like who you are, like lean into what makes you unique. Um, two is like, it's okay to be no one. It's okay to pump the brakes and kind of move slower to move faster in a sense and really take yeah. that time for yourself, for your loved ones, for those around you. And you don't need to be on 24 seven, 365. No. So what's, there's nothing. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you know, let, let, let things marinate. You know, you, you let a you let a steak, you cook a steak nice and slow, and it's it's perfect when it's all done. And we live in a world where if you don't go from zero to hero in twelve months on LinkedIn or Instagram or, or YouTube, uh, you, uh, people consider themselves a failure, and they don't realize the years and decades. Some of the people they look up to, um, you know, like Gary Vee or or Peter McKinnon or Casey Neistat or any of these people how long it took them to get to where they are to, to let that steak marinate. And I think a lot of people just, they want it, they want it now. Um, and there's no consideration that maybe it'll take three, four, five, six, seven years or a decade like me. It took me a fucking decade. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be 40 this year. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's another thing I, I would have told myself, um, but you know, people, people get hungry. I get it. I was hungry. You, you want it now. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, no, that's it, whenever someone has that point of view, it, it always makes me, makes me think of like Gary's um, Gary V saying of like macro patience and micro speed. Like yeah. I, I live by that because like you need to move so fucking fast day to day, but also right. have the humility and, non-ego attached to yo i need everything now i'm gonna sacrifice everything from a hey i'm gonna do things that's morally correct and i'm just gonna skip, the, skip my way to have it now like don't do that like no. still, like you need to put in the work but years of work not like yeah months of work. i had i had so many people that are like oh you're a great photographer and why don't you just start your own business and quit your job and i was like I i'm gonna get it but i'm not gonna at the cost of selling my house and cashing out my retirement and possibly going broke. Like I want it, but I don't want it that bad. You know, I'll work for however long I have to, but I'm not just going to go all in and, and risk everything, you know, to try and, and get that lottery ticket, you know? Uh, and I had a lot of people that were like, quit your job and just do it. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm going to get it. I don't need to go that extreme. Uh, and it worked out for me. That doesn't always happen for everybody, but, uh, you know, it, it, that's a good point. It's a great point. Um, what you said that Gary V said, uh, and it's absolutely a hundred percent true. No, that, that brings up a, an awesome point. And I feel like you've been like super self-aware in this, in this whole journey, because a lot of people would just say like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to quit and make it work. 
And if, if that works for you, awesome. Like that's definitely yeah. worked for me. Um, but we're in way different situations. We were in way different situations. I didn't really have anything to lose. And a lot of people I, I talked to, like, they, they asked me, like, how, how did you just pretty much invest everything you have into this? And I'm like, I didn't have anything to lose. But for yeah. someone like you, like, you had stuff to lose. You, you had a job. You had a house. You had retirement. You had all of these things um, that it's like you don't want to bet yeah. that uh, 100% with, without a backup plan. So could you just right. talk about what, where you, like, your mind was at? And maybe for anyone listening that they don't want to bet the farm. They don't want to give up everything in their life to like bet on themselves, but they want – still some security. They might want to ease into like, yo, what's my side hustle, especially during this time. Yes. I have a job uh, that pays the bills. I don't want to quit that right now. I'm fine working that and grinding kind of this dual life, Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus type, type yeah. life. Um, just talk to them about that. Like what, what helped you during that time to really balance the two, but then also like, yo, I'm going to grind at Honda until the time is right to pull the trigger on it was it was cost in this sense. Yeah, that side the, the side hustle. I think there's a lot of people that they think their life is is either or very black and white. I either have to work this shitty job that I don't like, uh, or I have to go all in for this life and career that I want. Uh, and there is an in between, and it can be very fulfilling. It is for a lot of people. There's a lot of people that work a full time job and they have a side hustle. They're a photographer or they have a podcast uh, and it fulfills them. It completes them. Uh, and that's more sustainable. I think at least for someone my age, um, you know, who in people with responsibilities, it's a much more sustainable thing to kind of dip your toes into and do on a daily basis and do consistently, um, in hopes that maybe, you know, you catch the carrot versus just quitting your job, selling everything and going all in. Um, that, that side hustle can be very fulfilling and it can, it can work for you. Uh, and, people shouldn't be afraid that like I was to let people know that like all I want to do is convince people that I was, I, this is what I did. Everyone thought my YouTube channel, my photography was what I did for a living. I was, I just wanted to convince people of that and, and hide me working on cars. I didn't want people to know that I, I did these two things and that what you're seeing is just a fraction of my life. It's my side hustle, you know, and, and there's nothing to be ashamed of about that, that you're a stay at home dad or mom. Uh, but you also, you know, have your own podcast or, you know, you're a service advisor or you work at a grocery store, but you know, you have your own YouTube channel. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, in my, yeah. in my opinion, no, and, and like again, it's, it's a much more sustainable way to kind of get to your end and, end goal, uh, versus just <laughs> quitting everything. <laughs> yeah. And that goes back to your first point of like, embrace who you are. And I, that's, that's definitely what I try to tell a lot of people is like, Yo, do you know how many podcasters are out there? Do you know how many YouTubers are, are out there? But how many yeah. podcasters or vloggers or anything that has 20 years of experience as a master mechanic at Honda that's learned so much from that time of life? Like, I would argue not a lot of people, not a lot yeah. of vloggers. Pro so, like, I would say probably zero. <laughs> probably. Well, there's, there's one. And, <laughs> and I'm talking to him right now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like that, that leans into all like, those little things. Yeah, man. Like that, that's that who, you, who you are. Everybody has a podcast. Everybody's a YouTuber. Everyone's a LinkedIn influencer or everybody has a YouTube channel or whatever or is a model. So what is it that you have that they don't, that they can never have? And that's your experience, your story, 
who you are, where you come from, the little things and idiosyncrasies that make you you. All of those things is what's going to separate you from everyone else doing the exact same thing as you. You don't embrace that stuff and you hide it like I did and like a lot of other people do when they're first starting out, then all that's left is just another Me Too podcast or another Me Too LinkedIn influencer, another Me Too YouTuber regurgitating the same shit they heard on a Gary Vee podcast or saw their favorite YouTuber do. And so you have to embrace everything that makes you uniquely you. And when you do that, not only will you be noticed more and stand out more, but you'll be liberated as fuck because there's nothing worse than, than truly hiding who you are and what you believe and hiding your, your whole story. You know, it's exhausting hiding that stuff. No, I agree 100%. And like, it just takes me back to like when I first launched my like business Instagram, I'll call it, I, I called it SL, uh, SL Insta vlogs. Wait, I don't even know if you know this. You, you definitely didn't know who I was. Um, that was in what if I've seen them? April of 2018. So I was, I was also living these kind of two lives because I had like, I was still in high school at the time and I like yeah. launched this whole like online, it wasn't an online persona, but I was just talking about like business and investing and things I was kind of interested in at the time, but I was talking out of my ass. Like I didn't yeah. really know what I was talking about, but then I, I would post any like personal things on like one Instagram and then anything business related on the other. But yes. it's really it's really taken me uh, a year, two years to where I am now. And it's like, no, I, I really realize like I need to lean into what makes me unique from a, from an outside of business world. Because again, there's so many podcasters, there's so many agency owners and all of these. So I'm, I'm leaning in more into like, yo, I love going outdoors. I love hiking. I love snowboarding. And I'm going to start just right. integrating all of that into this life because I've always just been fascinated of like, yo, I've always separated business from personal. Like I've never really blended the two. Yes. I've talked about like, Hey, I yeah. used to like design snow parks and stuff like that and <laughs> snowboarding. Did you really? Yeah. Like that was, see, you, you don't even know that. And like, you're, you're <laughs> I know, exactly. connection. yeah. Like my, my high school years from like 14 to 18, I worked at a snow park in winter and then a uh, baseball park in in summer oh, at the Rock yeah. Sports Complex. Do you know where that is in Franklin, Wisconsin? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where that is. I know where that is. So that's where I I worked from fourteen to eighteen. And in winters, I designed snow parks. So I would design like rails yeah. and jumps and and the park designs and stuff. So I just you know I used to snowboard. That. Yeah, I I love snowboarding and I love baseball. Uh, so we gotta so, we should go sometime. Yeah, we we. I don't like should. baseball. <laughs> you don't like baseball. I. I don't I can tolerate it. It's, okay. it's I can so tolerate boring. It, but uh, yeah, it's just like. <laughs> it's one of the worst sports to watch. And I, and I love playing it. Uh, or I love it's like playing watching it. chess. Yeah, awful. Um, do, you know, do you know in chess, um, you can burn like professional chess players. We're obviously getting off the, the core message. Uh, but, um, I love it. Guess how many calories per weekend or per day that uh, a chess player burns? A professional chess player, an all-day tournament, let's say a 12 to 14-hour tournament for one day. I'm trying to think if you burn calories thinking. Just Because if you do, I would imagine how many calories do they burn? I don't know, like 500? 6,000. Shut up! Playing chess? That's how calorically demanding the brain is. And that's how, wow. that's how many calories like the brain takes when you're thinking at that high level of a state for that many hours straight 
My goodness. When I know you guys, I'm going to be watching a lot of YouTube channels. No way. Um, 6,000 calories. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've, what I've done. And that's what I've grown up. Like my senior year of high school, like I was working, uh, the, at the snow park and I was the manager of like the, the snow park and my school day ended at 12 PM because I finished all of my classes oh, nice. early the other years. So I could leave for lunch. I had two like study halls I could leave for and I had a free period. So pretty much like Excellent. four hours back to back to back to back. That's what you dream of when you're in high school. Absolutely. But then I went that winter, I, I went to work. So the snow park opened at 4 p.m., but I was in track as well. So I would leave school at 12, get to the snow park, open the hill before everyone, get everything set and work there from like 1230 to 230 or 3:30. So like three hours there, go back yeah. to school, practice track for two, three hours or whatever it was, and then go back to the ski hill at 6 7 p.m work till 10 p.m get Whew. home at 10 30 and then finish any homework i had and then just repeat that cycle and then every oh friday stay there until about 4 5 a.m redoing uh, the whole park the whole ski hill because we had to do it when it's closed so i was just working stupid hours every every single weekend um, oh my god so we had work till like 2 3 4 a.m fridays be back there at like 7 a.m on saturday open the park back up go home and sleep um, and then get back and like <laughs> repeat, three, repeat, and repeat, repeat. It's like um, Groundhog Day. It was it was ridiculous. And like as I just reflected on how just absurd those hours were, um, it it really got me thinking. It's like that's that's who I am today. Like, but yeah. I I, ne- I never complained once because I loved what I did. Um, and nothing, right. like yes, it felt like fucking grinding, like hard work, <laughs> and it was like physically demanding too. Um, but you but got I, up every day. And- did it again. Yeah. I loved every second of it. And, um, again, like that's something I've hid so much of, but it's like, that's what makes me like unique. That's what makes me. Yeah. Unique. So I'm really starting to like get into that story more into snowboarding. Yeah. More, like, I'm going to start, um, interviewing more like professional, like snowboarders asking them like, Yo, yeah. how'd you get to the, to your point? So, um, it's there's always an audience for everybody always thinks that like whatever things they're into or they do that, like no one's going to care. There's an audience for everything. And yeah. when you realize that, when you look at how many people are on YouTube watching kitten videos or watching miniature cooking, have you ever watched miniature cooking? Yep. If for the <laughs> listeners or whatever, or watching miniature cooking is basically people have these tiny ovens and tiny spatulas uh, and they'll, they'll make like a cake or breakfast and it'll be like tiny little pieces of bacon and eggs and uh, you know there's there's beauty vloggers there's podcasts for anything that you can think of uh there's a, a channel that they race marbles uh yells marble run and so everybody thinks that people aren't going to be interested in whatever it is that that makes them them that they enjoy and the truth is there's hundreds of thousands of millions of people out there um that will will find you you know and want to watch you and support you for the things that they love because you love them too, you know? No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, going back to our main, our main topic of yeah. advice, Martin's advice <laughs> Wait, we to, sidetracked. His, to his younger self. That's, that's okay. These are, these are awesome conversations. Is there, is there anything else that kind of sticks out to you that you really wish you knew that maybe you haven't thought about recently? Maybe it kind of gets swept under the rug of like, Oh yeah, I, I do remember this one thing that, has would save me literally hours and years and stress and money and all that good stuff. <sighs> One other thing that I wish I would have known. 
Um, I wish I would have used clickbait more. <laughs> I I hate I hate clickbait, and you know it when you see it. Uh, you've you've seen the news articles with the clickbait. You know, a, a self-driving Tesla gets in an accident, and you click the article, and you find out that they they don't know if the Tesla was actually on self-driving, but it had self-driving capabilities, or the LinkedIn post where it's in all caps and says, this is the reason why I fire people or something like that. And, and it's some stupid clickbait thing or the, the YouTube video that has some clickbait title, like, you know, uh, top 10 reasons uh, why you can make a million dollars in a week. You'll never believe reason number seven, like all the Buzzfeed shit. I, it works. And I think that's what pisses me off about it. Uh, and when I first started my YouTube channel, I would, I would never use clickbait titles and I kind of wish I had snuck a few in there on some very particular videos that I was really proud of just to get like more eyes and more exposure, probably more thumbs down. <laughs> but uh, I, I would always try to really, uh, I don't know, make video titles that were like funny and unique, but they were never very searchable or SEO friendly uh, and they really never caught people's attention. Uh, so I wish I would have used it a little bit more. A little bit more clickbait, even though I, I hate clickbait. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's super interesting and definitely wasn't, I wasn't anticipating you going that direction, but that's something I like, <laughs> I've definitely struggled with. Like I, from like a video analytical strategy standpoint of like pleasing the algorithm in a sense, I'm awful. Like, I don't yeah. know what exactly works on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on YouTube and stuff. But it's like, all different and it's always changing. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I figured out Twitter and Facebook. I, I figured you, out their algorithms a hundred percent. So Facebook to trick their algorithms. When you use like positive words on Facebook in a post, if you use happy anniversary, um, proud, any, anything in your post that has those kind of words where the algorithm goes, Oh, this person just got a new job or I didn't know you were gay. Congratulations. You know, glad you're out or it's your anniversary. Any of that stuff. Uh, Facebook will prioritize that in people's feeds. Um, Twitter, I've learned that anytime I use the word Milwaukee, boom, 50, 100, 200 likes, retweets. So if you go on my Twitter feed, I'm constantly posting photos and selfies and saying, good morning, Milwaukee. God, I love Milwaukee, 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 Milwaukee. And it gets shared. Uh, I post something that I actually care about, like a new YouTube video or something, but I don't have any of those, those buzzwords to trick the algorithm. It doesn't push it. Instagram, I have no idea how to trick it, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the algorithm really pisses me off, yeah, especially man. when you're on a platform and they're using your data, they're making money off of you and your data. People are choosing to follow you because they want to see your content and then the algorithm then hides your content from the people that choose to follow you when they're making money off of you. That really pisses me off. Um, if you're going to make money off of me and use my data, um, to, to grow your Facebook and Google and Instagram and Twitter, then you better fucking give me what I'm paying for and let my audience see the content that I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And don't make me pay double for it using ads Yeah, or promotion, no, I, promoting it. I agree. And two, two things. Number one is like, that's why just like fucking being who you are, like going back to that first point, I think that the, the main theme for this episode is like lean into what makes you unique. That's yeah. it. Like I'm, I'm awful. Like, be you, do you. 
fucking all of that, but it's like, <laughs> I want to post a cool mountain picture because I just went hiking. Yeah. I want to post a snowboarding video. I want to post, post a podcast it. episode. Like that. Yeah. I wish more people did that. And people are so caught up again. We, we brought this up like this whole systematic hamster wheel of content of everything. And they're just, everything looks the same. All of the information is shared. You're not going to share any new tips or tricks or no, uh, advice. The people that haven't already heard. heard. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you need to just lean into what makes you who you are, like share that stuff and people relate to other people. So like people want to uh, see behind the curtain and behind the scenes. hundred um, percent. Look at my, look, go look at my Instagram, my pictures, my feed. It is just nothing but photos of behind the scenes, my real life, not the, the glitzy, mirrorless Z6 vlogs in the uh, podcast that I'm on with, that sound really great and make me look like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, I, sh I share my Instagram feed, just all the behind the scenes, my cat, my travels, just stupid pictures of myself, just fun things, um, other friends and people that I'm proud of. Uh, I like to include them in my, my photos and my IG stories. And people really, I think when you have this nice balance between um, you know, achieving something and creating content that people enjoy. And maybe, maybe if you're lucky enough, uh, someone crowns you uh, influencer uh, and people look up to you and you inspire them uh, and you kind of mesh that and merge that with being a real authentic, tangible human being that makes mistakes that uh, might not always say the, the right thing. Um, I think you become a much more relatable and approachable and accessible creator in person and human being than just showing the best parts of, of your life because kids nowadays can sniff out that bullshit in about two seconds. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think like how, how I like position like my Instagram, it's like, I could have like an insane, like crazy theme. And like, I have the same colors and awesome. Right. God, I can't like stand what, it's how, how, nobody wears that much pink or uh, <laughs> takes selfies uh, in a room that has that much blue or is around that many red cars. How the fuck do people's Instagrams, the, the color palette and the Pantones are literally same. all the same. So I don't have, who's got that kind of time? I don't like, got that kind of time. From, from like a post-production standpoint, adding like the titles and all of that, I, I could have like a world-class Instagram <laughs> from like a branding standpoint, but yeah. then I just, I purposely like fuck it up. Cause it's like, I don't want to do that. I, I want right. to have like a, Un unbranded selfie of just like yo this is my face yeah uh this is right. something this is some what's up random mountains what's up like yeah i'm eating a taco check it out <laughs> yeah i think having that healthy balance is super super important and totally um, totally from a from an algorithm standpoint i think one of the best platforms that does that is tiktok right now actually and really having having your content be in front of your followers but then also people that are interested in your content from a from just an organic push standpoint like if I, like, I, I post a snowboard video and it um, kind of like blew up. It's at like 60 to 70,000 views right now. But nice. I get so many like snowboarders following my Instagram now and like, oh. like the snowboard community. It's like, oh, like, and so that's it's working. It's obviously super niche. It's super like tactical and like their TikTok is pushing it to more snowboarders. So I'm like, oh, uh, that's, that's interesting. So. Niche, is, niche is huge. The, the more niche you can get, yeah. Honestly, I think that the more followers you're going to get and the more people you're going to connect with um, and are going to consume your content that actually care about your content. You know, yeah. you're not just some random video or piece of content that just went through their feed. They watched once and then they're going to move on to the next person. I think the more niche you get, um, I think the more people are going to be the more hyper 
focused and the more uh, people are going to consistently keep coming back to you. I think that's why, even though my blog doesn't get that many views, the people that do watch and do fuck with me and do watch my content, every single one of them is, is not there accidentally. They're there very specifically um, in a very patronizing way. Uh, and I really appreciate that. And it's, it feels much better, you know, um, to have a small segment of, you know, just this country um, that actually gives a shit about my content rather than being world prestige worldwide, but you know, no one really cares about you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I definitely have the same like viewpoint for like podcasts. It's like, yo, this isn't going to get crazy millions of downloads and stuff. But, like a few people that watch it, like they're invested. So same thing with your vlog, dude, we've already been talking for like 40, 45 minutes, which God, boy, goes so quick. right. It's, it's dope. And that's how you definitely know you're, you're onto something and you're having an awesome conversation. And as we kind of get to the end of, of this episode, is there anything, anything else you would, you would like to share any last like tip advice question you want to ask the audience or anything you wish you knew when you were younger? Yeah. Uh, one uh, piece of advice or tip would be if there's something you've yapped about or talked about for the last six months or a year or a couple of years or, or whatever, no matter if you're 18 or 88 and you're like, one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to start my podcast or I'm going to start my YouTube channel or I'm going to download LinkedIn and create an account and get on there. Uh, if you haven't done it at this point, especially during quarantine, you probably didn't want it as bad as you think you did because there's been no other better opportunity or excuse to not do something you've been talking about than right now. So we still got time left. This whole lockdown COVID thing ain't going anywhere anytime soon. And so really take a step back and realize that you got a whole bunch of time to do all that shit you've been yapping about on the internet and flexing that you're going to do. Um, you got a chance to do it right now um, when you're not busy and there's nothing else going on. Uh, and if you still don't do it, probably need to find another another thing that you want to do because you didn't really want to do it <laughs> couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and where where can the people find you uh at martin moore jr everywhere uh i don't go by junior but there's a furniture company in the uk called martin moore that owns every social media handle every so uh <laughs> i got i got to use the junior unfortunately please i would appreciate a follow i'll follow you back i love connecting with people um and networking with people uh, maybe you'll like my videos. Maybe you won't. If you don't, maybe keep it to yourself. But I would appreciate a, a follow and to connect with you. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're you're a busy man, but uh, I'm. Oh, not these pumped. days. Yeah, no, no, no one's busy now. If if they say they're busy, they're lying. Um, yeah, man. I'm super pumped that we could connect again. Um, looking yes, thank forward you so to much for having me on. Yeah, man. Looking forward to. Seeing I know. When are we going to like actually get to these, hopefully hang out soon? Uh, maybe we can meet up in Milwaukee and stuff and uh, yes. walk downtown or something. Um, yes. I moved down here. I didn't know if you knew that. Or oh not. yeah. Uh, how is the new place? Yeah. It's, it's dope. I look straight outside at Potawatomi and uh, uh, Harley Davidson museum. So I'm jealous. Do you know like that huge open like reed yard, but right by the water console. Right yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Console? I'm the next building next door. Oh hell. I'm so jealous. We, we're still looking for a condo downtown. We're waiting for really? that right one. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be the perfect one though for us to get rid of our house. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I, I agree. I, I want to live downtown so bad. It's it's cool, man. Well, either way, I will see you soon. Really appreciate you hopping on. And uh, round two, maybe there'll be a round three in the future. So if anyone listening to this podcast hasn't listened to the first one, 
uh, go listen to the first episode. It's uh, episode number four or five, I think. Um, and Ooh, this boy, it was that early. Yeah, it, it was it was early. So uh, yeah, go back and listen to that. If you like anything you've seen, uh, take a screenshot, share it online, share it on IG stories, anything, and uh, definitely follow Martin, follow myself, and uh, we'll take it from there.